What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Serious for God Leaders Podcast. I'm Tim Alford, National Director of Serious for God and Volunteer Youth Leader at the Source Church, Malvern. I'm Dustin Rubio, Youth Pastor of Swansea City Church and Regional Leader of Wales and Southwest Midlands. And this is a conversation designed to help youth leaders connect, think, and grow. Welcome back, everybody, to the Serious for God Leadership Podcast. We've got such a good episode in store for you today, mostly because we have the one, the only, Andy Hancock with us with us from yeah. uh, Zion Christian Center in Hales Owen. Andy, welcome to the Serious for God Leadership Podcast. It's good to be here. Thank so you for having me. So pleased that you're with us. Uh, so tell us a little bit about yourself and about your journey in youth work, youth ministry, and what you're doing now. Yeah, um, so I... Uh, I'm originally from Liverpool. Um, I hope you can tell that by my Scouse accent. Everton fan? Liverpool fan. Okay. Big, big Liverpool fan. Um, so I grew up in Liverpool um, and did a gap year with Youth for Christ when I reached 18. Um, decided I wanted to do a second gap year with YFC um, and did that in Manchester doing the prisons team. Um, and then kind of stuck with YFC for about seven or eight years. Um, in a couple of different roles. So I worked with the prisons team for about three or four years, um, running a theatre company. Um, and then I ran something called Fort Rocky, um, which was weekends away for 11 to 14 year olds. Um, and then for the last four years, I have been at Zion Christian Centre as youth pastor. Um, so overseeing everything, all of our ministry from 10 to 18 year olds, as well as serving on the leadership team of the church. and getting involved in various different things as well. It's great. I love it. Absolutely love it. Wow, sounds great. Sounds good. Um, Andy, well, we're going to do something we, we've done once or twice before. We're going to play a game, uh, Two Truths and a Lie. But the what we want from you is to tell us where something went horribly wrong within ministry. Yeah. Okay? Two truths, one lie. Okay. Make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the first one, the first one, is a, I was once at an event um, and leading a venue of around 400 11 to 14 year olds um, and we had a couple of moments to fill um, and I thought let's play a quick game um, so I, I split the room in half and I said right side you have got to get to the left side as quick as possible left side you have got to get to the right side as quick as possible and in my head I imagined perfect lines of young people intersecting and crossing over um, and getting to the other side in reality what happened was a 10 person pile up in the middle of the room um, and four young people ended up in hospital no. as a result of that um so that's story number one right um story number two is on a sunday morning i decided to play a game involving dropping toothpaste into a cup onto young people's heads um what I thought about getting glasses, so I got glasses and goggles for the young people. Um, but what I didn't think about is the combination of toothpaste and hair. Um, wow. And ended up having to consult with four or five parents and apologize to them that their young person had like rock solid hair from, from <laughs> toothpaste being stuck in their hair. Um, and then the final story is, again, I was at a big... Uh, leading in a big event um, and was leading the, the 11 to 14s and the 15 to 18s venue was above us and the 15 to 18s leaders I'd said when they jump up and down in worship and um, we can see the ceiling wobbling and all the lights in our ceiling 
wobble and it feels like the apocalypse and it feels like yeah. we're all going to die. Um, so then on the last morning, they decided to try and wind us up by getting their entire venue at the start of the morning to jump up and down for as long as possible. And I was on stage and I realised what was happening, was telling the young people it's fine, then realised that, that they were winding us up. Um, so I said, I said down the microphone, we should do something to get them back. Mm. And then one young person said, let's run up there. And without thinking about it, I went, yeah, let's do it. Thinking we'll do it in a minute. And literally four to 500 young people just stood up and ran out of the venue and ran upstairs and stormed the 15 to 18s. Like the stewards were having an absolute nightmare, <laughs> absolutely roaring at me. We got into a lot of trouble, um, but the young people had a great time. Yeah. Wow. Right. right, Tim. So we had first was uh, a bunch of young people running at each other, not in single file line or, or perfect lines. Yeah. Yeah. Four people went to the hospital, toothpaste and hair, talking to four or five different parents and then storming on top of the balcony where it could collapse. Stewards are not happy. What do you think, Tim? I reckon the lie is the toothpaste one. And the reason I think that is because there was so much detail on the first story and the last story that it, it, it had to be Andy. You had to be there. Am I right? You are incorrect. Oh, let, let me guess. Let me guess. Let me guess. Okay, I got two. You got 50-50 chances. I'm going to say... I'm going to say the last one. Was true or the last one was false? Was false. The last one was true. Dang. Which means... And actually, the first one is false because it wasn't me, but is true because a youth worker friend of mine did it um, and he never got asked back to that event ever again. <laughs> <laughs> Which is not surprising. All right, so today we're, we're talking about measuring and debriefing, which maybe sounds a little bit academic or a little bit dry. But what we mean by that is, how do you define what God is calling you to do? Mm. And, and, and how, do you, how do you measure that? How do you um, keep your whole team going on on that journey so, 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 so that's what we're that's kind of what we're talking about um but what 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 from your point of view how would you define measuring and debriefing what 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 do, what do you think that uh, what, what do you understand by that what would be your definition mm. of the two yeah i mean um my boss our senior pastor um often says the first job of a leader is to define reality um and i would say measuring is defining reality like if you want to know if you want to go somewhere and you want to lead your team and your young people somewhere you have to know where you're starting um so measuring for me is defining reality is is where are we now what 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 are we doing how are we reaching young people what are our stats and our figures um i think debriefing is is slightly different it's more how how did we do how can we improve how can we change that and um, what did we do that was great all those kind of things so i think I did A-level maths, which I like to tell people about. Um, i got a B. Um, yeah. I'm surprisingly clever, um, <laughs> as people sometimes say. But I, I would say that measuring what is quantitative data, um, so it's all about numbers, it's all about figures, whereas debriefing, I would say, is qualitative data. So it's all about, it's all about the how, the why, all that kind of stuff. And, and I want to jump in there because I can, I can hear the minds of our youth leaders listening racing, even as you say that. And people are starting to think, but it's not about the numbers. It's about it's about the ones and the twos, mm. and it's about discipleship, and it's about loving people. Yeah, it's about absolutely. Those, it's not about the numbers. Why, why do we do, why do we always talk about numbers? Mm. What would you say to that? Um, my again, my boss is like big on on getting the numbers. Like I started nicknaming him, nicknaming him, and 
I started calling him uh, Stato for a little while because um, <laughs> he always wanted to know the stats. And um, my mother-in-law says, um, you've got to measure what you value and because otherwise you begin to value what you measure. And we... Very good. We, wow. um, we value people. We so value people. Um, and that's why we measure numbers because numbers are just a figure. Numbers represent people. Um, so we, we value measuring that because that represents people. And um, that's really great. Just say, say that line for us again, Andy, because I think some people might want to write that one down. Yeah, so you measure what you value because otherwise you begin to value what you measure. Awesome. That's really good. Yeah. Um, Andy, can you give us some specifics? I know you, you said a couple things in, in an example in that first question of what should youth workers be measuring and, and debriefing about within youth mm. work? In terms of the measuring aspect, we... We have a thing in our youth ministry, and in fact, in our entire church, we we call it a primary win. Um, and the primary win is what is what is the one thing that that you are trying to achieve through this aspect of of your ministry. So, um, so it, it's so that you know when you go home after a Friday night or a Tuesday night or a Sunday morning, how do you know that you've won? How do you know that you're doing your job? Um, so, for example, our Friday night youth club. Um, we have our primary win is that a young person comes enjoys themselves enough to come next week and maybe bring a friend um so we have that win and that is our aim every friday night that young people come enjoy themselves enough to come again next week and maybe bring a friend um and that gives us a real thing that we can measure because at the end of the night we can say did young people enjoy themselves are there any young people here um and part part of that is that we um that's what we we follow the numbers there as well because we can then look back over the last 12 months and go what are our average figures have our average figures gone up have they stayed the same have they gone down and we know that we're we're winning when we begin to measure that kind of stuff that's really good because what you're saying there is you've defined a, a win and it's what you measure but you also touch on that it's also what you debrief on you said at the end of the night we can talk about mm. did a young person come did they enjoy themselves enough to come back next week did they enjoy themselves enough mm. to, to, to bring a friend so you're able to debrief on what you've defined yeah. as a as a as a win or a goal yeah um and and you know uh, i think that's so good Andy. I'm, uh, this um these last two weeks in 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 my youth group that we started here in Malvern, we've had new people come both weeks and in the debrief, we always do a debrief after the session, I said to the guys, um, what was so great was not just that we had new people, but mm -hmm. it's that we had new people who were friends of current yeah. people. Because it, that, what that tells us is that the people who are coming enjoy it enough and are confident enough that it's gonna be a great night that they wanna invite their friends with them. Mm -hmm. and, and, and that's just what you're talking about, isn't it? So what a great thing to, to define and measure. So that's your primary win, but yeah. you also talk about measurable rings, right? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, to, to help us understand this a little bit more, on our, on our wider youth ministry, our primary win for the, for the youth ministry as a whole is that a young person reaches the age of 25 and is uh, a fully active and devoted follower of Jesus and making disciples. Um, wow, that's really good. Yeah, and but that's really hard to measure yeah. <laughs> because... <laughs> You know, the, I've got two lads here with me who've, who've known um, for four years and they've been part of our youth ministry, Alex and Jordan, and they, they're just reaching 18. It's another seven years before we know whether we've won with these guys, but they've mm. been a part of the youth ministry for four or five years and, and stuff. So we, we bring in measurable wins in that sense. So we, we measure how many young people are getting baptised. Um, we um, measure consistent attendance. And um, particularly with our life groups and discipleship activities, so we 
we are taking registers every week um, even with our 16 to 18 year olds we take registers um, because we put that all into a system and I can take a te- every term I can look at it and go okay who's who's only come on once a month who's who's coming every week who's who's not been for six weeks that mm. I need to get in touch with and say where are you mate what's going on and the other thing that we do measure um, that we would say is a measurable win is is serving um, so I did a little bit of work this morning and um, you know, 77% of our college age guys are serving in some capacity in the life of the church. Um, and that tells us that we're winning because if young people are coming consistently, if they're being baptized and if they're serving, then we're on the right track for them becoming a, a Christian adult, not just a Christian young person. Such good stuff, Andy. And I, I just need to ask you a real practical question. What are the tools that you're using you said you said we we put it into a system and that system tells me what's the system and what uh, are the tools that our youth workers listening could use to, to measure it's a database it's a standard excel database um we've had somebody set it up um so all the departments in our church um input into this uh, database that's on our church network um and we input the figures um and um, yeah it's just a standard excel spreadsheet really we have to make that up ourselves well, Andy, that sounds it sounds really good, but why should people even bother with 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 doing that measuring and, and debriefing yeah. and systems and and looking at figures of stuff like that? So, what are the benefits of mm. of doing that? Yeah, it's something I've grown to love over the last few years. Like, I'm not administratively gifted. I'm not passionate about systems and putting stuff into spreadsheets, not at all. But I think what it does is it, it gives you that ability to define reality again, and and it helps you lead upwards. It helps you go to your senior pastor or your your church leaders, your elders, and say, "This is where we're at in the youth ministry, and mm. um, we're winning, or we're not winning. We need your help." And it and it's really important for you to see as well. So me knowing that seventy seven percent of our young people are serving in the life of the church is great. What am I going to do about the other twenty three percent, and how do I get them serving? And it just gives you an opportunity to sit back and see the bigger picture, and Stats don't tell you the whole truth. There's aspects to it. You know, right. I could say that out of the 23%, they only come once in four. Some of them might not, might be new Christians, all that kind of stuff. Um, but what it does, it, it gives you an idea and a picture of your youth ministry that's simple to communicate. So in a week, you do X amount of things with young people. So it, it, just in my head, for some people might be thinking, so then what are you doing? Just going around with a checklist and, and, and checking what people are doing. And like, how does it practically, how, what does it look like? How, you know, of you getting these stats on a weekly basis? Mm, I um, So we take the registers. Um, and right. um, That's not just me taking the registers. My team who leads sessions and stuff they all know that part of leading the session is taking the register that's not that we sit at the front and we go james here we don't even read it out sometimes we just do it yeah. while everyone's discussing something we just take it off and um and then um normally towards the end of the week uh, me or one of uh, the admin team or one of our uh, interns will input it, that into the system um and get that get that down up into the into the system really um so it's not necessarily we're walking around with a clipboard yeah it's just making notes of those things and, and making mental notes of them as well and getting them down on paper yeah yeah it sounds uh, it sounds really good um any specific questions do you think that in debriefing that youth workers should be asking uh, I, I think maybe of themselves but maybe even within teams hmm. i think oh, it's so important to debrief um because 
your volunteers and and your you, the rest of your team will see things that you don't necessarily see um and i think that the most important questions um is number one what did we do well and number two how can we improve um i think if you're asking those two questions after every session you will continue to grow and you will continue to reach people and you will continue to move forward as a youth ministry it's when when we stop asking those questions that, that we begin to get stuck a little bit. Brilliant. And I, I think what, something that you said there was, you said after every session, as mm. Christian, after every session, I think that is key because you're doing it when it's fresh. Yeah. So not before the next session, how did it go last week? Mm. And what are we going to do differently next week? It's just right after that session. I'm not sure. I know how it feels because we do this in our team as well. It's like you're tired. Yeah, you want to go home. You want to go home. You know, you want you want to just wind down mm. maybe a little bit before you go to bed. It's getting late, but you've got to do it while it's fresh. Absolutely. You? While everything is in, in people's memory mm. and the nuances of what happened are, are yeah. still there. And making a note of it's really important. So I sit there on a Friday night. Our youth club finishes at ten o'clock, and you're like, it's ten o'clock on a Friday night. I'm knackered. I want to go home, but we debrief. It normally takes about twenty minutes, half an hour. Um, but I sit there on my phone and I make notes and then on a Monday afternoon when I meet with my colleague about Friday nights we we go through it and we say okay well this person said that you know we need to we need to organize the queue for the table tennis tables um, how are we going to do that and we come back to that fresh and in the cold light of day and sometimes we'll go yeah that 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 felt like we could improve it but we're not sure how to improve it so we'll throw it back open to the team or we'll do a little bit more thinking on it but um and often with Friday nights, I I see one aspect of something, but one of my team who's perhaps on the tuck shop, so I, I, I never get a chance to be on the tuck shop because I'm off doing other things, but, but my team that do the tuck shop will give me feedback and I'll go, I'm really pleased you said that because I would never ever have known that problem or that, that thing unless you'd have told me because you, mm. you're in that place and I'm not. Um, so it's really important, that kind of stuff. Yeah, that, that's kind of what I was going to ask is if there's an area within within the night that didn't go well and, and there's an individual that's responsible for that media stuff or, or you have somebody who's speaking, I mean, do, do you point that out and, and try to help it improve there or do you just kind of within your group know you point it out but then you take them aside? You know, to just to kind of avoid somebody mm. feeling embarrassed and being like, you know, because you want to kind of iron out after a certain time, um, you know, just bad habits. Yeah, absolutely. you know, people that are having too much gaps in between, mm. you know, slides going by or, or just people not yeah. paying attention and the music isn't, you know, the lyric sheet isn't really matching what they're actually singing. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And you want to iron those things out. Do you do you do that within the group? You know, are you being that honest? No, probably not. No, um, I think there's probably two levels of the way that we debrief. Um, we debrief quite formally with the team, and then um, kind of me and some of the core leaders will have debriefing conversations. Of that never came up in the debrief, but we need to pick up on that person's a little bit slow on that, and agree, and I'll have a chat with them before the next time, and and, and those kind of things, picking those up privately is much better because what you want is you want everyone to buy in that's why we have the measurable win is you want everyone's buy-in and you want everyone to understand that we're we're pulling in the same direction here so we particularly with our friday night team we use that language of our primary win that young people come again next week and bring, bring a friend and we we constantly reiterate that so if if somebody is perhaps a little bit too harsh in the way that they tell a young person off we obviously wouldn't 
pull them up in front of the young person and we wouldn't pull them up publicly um, but privately we might pull them aside and say I just thought you should know I thought you were a little bit harsh there um, and maybe you could do it like this and you know because remember we, we want them to come again next week and we want them to tell their friends that it's a great place and there's loads of good equipment and all this but but as well the, the leaders are for you and the leaders are great and the, the leaders aren't like teachers um, and it's those kind of conversations really um, because we want to lead our team as well as lead the young people and that's really important brilliant Andy such good stuff today a, a final question then to wrap this up uh, for any of our leaders listening um, maybe they're not doing this how would you help them to um, define what their wins are what's the process that they from, from if they've got if they haven't got those measurable primary uh, uh, defined wins how do they go about defining those mm. and then the second question is what are what are one two maybe three things that you think every youth leader needs to be measuring uh, and 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 how do they start measuring them mm. i think the easiest way to 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 get primary wins down is think about what is the same in one sentence what are you trying to achieve so we've got primary wins for our overriding youth ministry and also the individual things that we do um and it's sum it up in one sentence and it's really hard to do that because our friday night thing you you've may well have thought already there's no mention of god in there there's no mention of reaching and evangelism and all that stuff and that is totally our heart for a friday night but if we were to do one thing we want them to keep coming back because if they keep coming back we can build relationship with them and then we can begin to talk to them about Jesus and that kind of stuff and evangelism and that kind of stuff is a secondary win for us. But the primary thing is we keep them coming back week after week. Um, so make it really, really simple and, and put it in one sentence. Um, and maybe I would say to begin to think about that, take a bit of time out, retreat, think about the things that you do and think what is what is the one thing that, that when I go home on a Tuesday night after after our small group, what is the one thing I want to know that we have done tonight? Um, and it, I think most people will find it will come quite quickly. Um, and then what was the second question? And then what are, what are the most important things for a youth leader to measure? Um, I would say the most important things to measure. Um, I do think numbers. I think we're really scared of measuring numbers in churches and, and ministry, but I think numbers represent people. Yeah, which is interesting because the Bible wasn't scared of measuring numbers. Absolutely. <laughs> we know how many people were in the tribes of yeah, Israel. We know how yeah. many people became Christians at yeah. Pentecost. You know, yeah. these. We know how many uh, men Jesus fed miraculously. Yeah, these count the women and children as well. That'd be really important. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's measured, isn't it? It's yeah, measured in scripture. absolutely. And I think, I think measuring those um, and measuring numbers and following the numbers is really really important um because that represents people like we say and um i would say um also it is important um to measure how many people people are serving um within the life of your church and and particularly when you're leading young people measuring that um, because that gives you an idea of of whether people are, are buying into the vision and a and are beginning to walk out their faith for themselves um and you know we, i say um older young people grow in their faith as they help younger people uh, grow in their faith so we have a lot of our 16 to 18 year olds serving as part of the 10 to 13 year olds team because then 
as they help others work out their faith they'll begin to work out their faith for themselves um so it's measuring those kind of things is really important um and i think to be honest baptisms and and, and people becoming christians is a good thing to yeah. to measure like um i think um that's when you if you're seeing people come to christ and if you're seeing people be baptized you know you're doing the right thing because that's, cause right. that's the end of the day that's what we're in the game that's for it. isn't it we jesus said yeah, we're here to make disciples and go into all the nations and and make disciples and you know if we're seeing people become christians and be baptized and grow in their faith measure those things get it on your wall like be great how encouraging would it be to come in and say we've seen seven people in the last 12 months become christians amazing and if you're not seeing people man that, that should spare you on yeah yeah, you know, it, it's interesting is that the wins could be or what you're measuring could be different from different contexts. Mm. Like for us, I think it's easy for them to serve or they might find it easier to serve. But but getting baptized for some reason freaks them out. Like mm. other people, just the way that we do baptisms. I mean, there's a camera on them. You can see it on the big screen. Everybody's around and it's like you're, you're on a red carpet, you know, yeah. and and, and, and um, they're afraid either to speak and share their testimony or they don't want to, you know, the girls don't want to go down in water and come up with no makeup on, <laughs> you know. So when they make yeah, decisions, the <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but that that's a big thing, I think, uh, for us. So for us, I think measuring our baptisms, baptisms to me in our context, or we're working with the young people is, is huge because I know that is probably the hardest thing for them to do. Mm. They'll make a decision. They'll have their ra- uh, raise their hands for something. But I think them getting baptized is something that uh, and when they do that, I know that's it. Like they're serious. Mm. They've, they've truly made a big commitment. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's really good. Yeah. And then you can change what you measure as well. I think like, in terms of your setting and stuff like we've got a particularly complex group of 13 to 16 year olds and you know last night we celebrated because no one stormed out of the room during life group and we were like yay it's the first week in five that no one stormed out and that that's immeasurable for us because that's where that group are at and i think you've got a you've got to adjust your measurables of of where your group is at and what you're trying to do and the context that you're in and it's just so much helpful stuff today. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. It's Thank been you great for to having have me. you with us. And I just want to say to those listening, why not do it now? Why not grab out that uh, that journal or that notepad? You know, let's do this. Start writing down those those one sentence primary wins for your overall youth activity and for your specific ministries. Why not do it now? A great exercise to go through to help you define and measure the things that are most important to you and the things that God is calling you to do through your youth ministry. Thanks again, Andy. Cheers. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the Serious for God Leadership podcast. We want to make sure that this podcast is tackling the issues that affect you in youth ministry. So email us, info at seriousforgod.co.uk, and tell us what you want us to talk about. And please remember to subscribe through iTunes or however you get your podcast. And stay in touch with Serious for God on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Periscope, we're Serious for God, Instagram, Serious for God, Elim, and YouTube, Serious for God, UK. See you next time.